Hey everyone, welcome to the FitFig podcast. I'm Steph Figarelli, your host. If you've been listening to this podcast for a while and you've gotten at least one thing from something I've said, please consider going to iTunes and leaving me a review. I would really appreciate that. It helps me grow the audience. It helps, you know, more people find out about the podcast and uh, that would just be delightful. This is episode 49 and I want to share with you a few ideas I have around turning around a bad day. Now, this is easier said than done, so I'm not going to fluff it up. I'm not going to sugarcoat anything for you. It really all depends on what you have going on in your life because everybody's different. It's subjective. What's a bad day? For some people, it could be, you know, much worse than for someone else. So I'm just going to tell you a few things that work for me. They're reliable. Um, They completely shift my mindset from doom and gloom and all that to something that's just more positive and productive. So that's, that's really what I want to talk to you about today. And if you, you're never going to believe this, but tip number one is exercise. And here's what I've learned about exercise personally. Maybe you've had the same experience. My workouts are more effective for turning around my mindset and helping to pull me out of the this bad day or this bad moment when I'm working out with a purpose. Some people may completely turn their mind mindset around and pull out of that dark, gloomy day by just going for a walk. And that helps me too. So walking would be an example of something you could do to get out of this bad day. But when I think about a workout, I think about lifting weights because for me, one of my most important goals is to build muscle. And as we get older, we lose muscle, hormones are changing, we get weaker and our muscles atrophy. And this is something that leaves us vulnerable to injury and we ultimately lose our physical capability and freedom. My goal is to counter that with more regular strength training. So I lift weights anywhere from three to six days a week, depending on what I have going on in my life. So what, where it becomes so much more effective for me is when I'm following a structured training plan with an outcome in mind. I'm not just walking into the gym and doing a bunch of random exercise where I don't really know or understand what the outcome will be. So it's important to have a plan. Now, some people might roll their eyes at that or some people may say, oh, well, yeah, whatever, you're full of shit. I don't need a plan. I'll just go do whatever I want. And I think going into the gym to exercise and doing whatever you want, as long as you don't get injured, will work and it's a good idea, especially if you're having a bad day, a bad moment, you're dealing with some minor depression, anxiety, yes, go do anything. Just move your body. You're going to feel better. Personally speaking, I have found it to be more effective when I'm following a plan, a program with a specific outcome that I can measure the progress of. 
And so part of that is tracking my sets, my repetitions, my weight, and then of course the exercise order. And again, everything has a purpose. So exercise, number one, get to the gym, go for a walk outside, go for a walk on the treadmill. If that's, we'll do whatever you can do. Anything where your heart rate is coming up a little bit, you sweat and you're just, you're, you're elevating your body temperature. You're improving your mobility. You're going to feel so much better. So first thing in the morning, if you notice you woke up on the wrong side of the bed, you don't feel a hundred percent go exercise. All right. So number two, sit with the feelings for a minute, man, this is probably the hardest thing any of us could ever do. And I think getting good at this or at least becoming more consistent in doing it is going to help in a lot of areas of your life. When you sit with the feelings, you think about what's going on. This is where journaling can also help the process become more clear. You can sort through the conflict in your mind. Maybe you're in a bad mood because you only got five hours of sleep when you needed eight. You know you're preparing for a hard day because you are going to be sleep deprived. Some things are just going to be more difficult during the day. You're going to have less patience. Maybe you're going to, uh, it's going to be harder to focus or you're going to be hungrier. Prepare for that and try to mitigate the damage ahead of time the best that you can. And then get to bed early that night and Don't allow anything to interfere with your sleep to the best of your ability moving forward. So try to fix the problem. But sit with the feelings. And now there are a couple of things that people do to distract themselves from sitting with their emotional state. We numb out. We're human beings. We're quite intelligent. And we have a lot of options at our fingertips. A lot of options for numbing out. Food, alcohol, caffeine, other drugs, social media, video games, pornography, the internet, aimless scrolling through Facebook, (laughs) creating uh, some sort of altercation or fight with our spouse. Um, We are experts at checking out. And I think this is detrimental to our mental health and it's very destructive to our relationships, whether they're our, our significant other, you know, your spouse, your marriage, um, your friendships, the relationships you have with your family members, your friends, so on. Don't check out. Just process the emotions so you can get to know yourself. And this is a really good opportunity. When you're feeling just fucked up, sit there and, and process these emotions. Now, if you're having chronic struggles, you have to seek professional help. Find a therapist. Have somebody there to talk to because the more that we talk to somebody who's really good at listening, the better we become at thinking. The better we become at thinking, the better we are at problem solving, finding these solutions, and finding peace and happiness. So, Sit with the feelings. Don't run. Um, I mentioned exercise and going for a walk, but number three is going to be to go outside. 
And I think even if all you have is the ability to walk around your backyard, just walk around. Sometimes I just go outside when I'm in a funk or I feel stuck. If I'm frustrated or something's happening with work or whatever, even when I'm tired on those days, I don't get as much sleep as I want. I just go outside and I walk around and I have dogs, so they have to go out to use the bathroom. So this is obviously a helpful catalyst in getting me off my ass to go walk outside. But even just five minutes of natural daylight, so getting out of artificial light in your house, go out into the daylight, even if the day isn't particularly sunny, you still have natural daylight, fresh air. Here in Alaska, where it's barely 50 degrees half the time in the summer, uh, I get that nice shock of cold, fresh, crisp air. And so that's a benefit. Obviously, if you live in 100 degrees and high humidity, you might feel suffocated like you don't want to go outside. But, you know, if it's comfortable enough for you to just be out for a few minutes, even in the heat, get yourself outside and just walk around. Number four is listen to music. So for me, it's always pull me out of a funk, easy, super easy with some 90s grunge alternative, Nirvana, Stone Temple Pilots, Smashing Pumpkins, any of that music that can bring me back, that nostalgic music that can bring me back to fond memories, formative years, it just takes about 15, 20 minutes of that. And much easier to do that when you're, say you're going to go work out and you've got the music in the headphones. Um, don't forget about music. I know most people are pretty good about paying attention to, a lot of people have like headphones permanently plugged into their ears. But if you're somebody who forgets about how enjoyable music is, I don't know, write yourself a note or something. I, I That sounds really stupid because I grew up listening to music. My my stereo system in my bedroom was the most important, mo- most valuable thing in my entire house as far as I was concerned when I was in junior high. And my CD collection was everything. So don't underestimate the value of this. Something interesting that I have been considering thinking about implementing over the last couple of months is switching switching up the genre of music that I normally listen to. So I'm actually a huge fan of hip hop and rap. As I've gotten a little bit older, I have become more sensitive to profanity and slurs. And I, I'm like, oh, this is how you know you're old. I just, and I'm not sensitive like I'm offended, but I'm just like, I don't, it doesn't resonate anymore with me. Now, early twenties, even late twenties into my early thirties. Yeah. Give me all the profanity slurs and, you know, horrible (laughs) derogatory statements you can make against anybody and put a beat to it. And I'm all about it. Um, you know, talking about like guns, money, and hoes at 39 years old, I just feel like this doesn't resonate. Now, it doesn't mean I'm not going to listen to the, you know, I got my my favorites uh, and I appreciate it. I appreciate the lyrical mastery of, you know, this profanity and poetry. But I have uh, also ventured into listening to Billie Holiday, old classic, you know, music and 
what does that feel like? How does that make me feel? How does it allow me to think differently and wake me up a little bit out of this comatose musical rut that I tend to get into? And also, uh, I'm a huge fan of 90s country. I don't listen to a lot of country from 2021. I don't know what's who the popular artists are. Uh, but I love 90s country and I'll, you know, pull up some old playlists or whatever and I'll, I'll jam out to that. And it's like, oh my gosh, this totally has you thinking and feeling so much differently than, you know, these different genres. So don't, I mean, really, like, I think a lot about thinking, like just thinking different things and formulating new beliefs around topics and that are going on in the world, better ways of connecting with other people. So Music is a great way to connect with yourself and then with other people. Uh, but anyway, music, so important. Um, number five, this is going to be my last one because I want this podcast to be short today. Number five is going to be to get off of your phone. Do not look at the news. In fact, I feel like the media has become, they're like snipers. Like they find you and they take you down. It doesn't matter. You try to hide from it. Like for, you know, I don't have TV. So it's not that I have like cable news rolling all day long and I'm watching like flipping through news channels. I don't have that exposure. But when you get on Facebook, let's say you get on Facebook on your phone or even on your phone, and the news app pops up and suddenly you're bombarded with Tory Spelling's plastic surgery, Britney Spears conservatorship, uh, Travis Barker and the Kardashian lady who I can't think of her name right now and their relationship. But then you've got this bombardment of political uh, shit just taking over your mind. Notice how you feel after con- consuming any of that. First of all, I don't know how people have the time or the capacity to consume that much information about someone else's life. I don't give a shit. So I have to like find ways to hide it from myself because I'll be getting pulled into Tori Spelling's plastic surgery. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, go Google it. There is some weird stuff going on out in the world that it's so easy to get pulled into it. And it's a form of procrastination for a lot of people. And it's a form of numbing out. Oh, I don't want to, oh, I have to work today. Or I have, to, I have something more important to focus on. Instead, I go and I click on the stupid news report thing about, you know, whatever celebrity's opinion, which is completely irrelevant and mostly not just nonsense half the time. Who cares? Celebrities and their lifestyles and their... Uh, relationships and what clothes they're wearing are one of the biggest distractions I can think of. And it's the most useless information we can ever consume. It takes us away from living our own lives. It doesn't mean you can't admire somebody or value their opinion on anything or take some advice about, you know, some hair product or some clothing item that you think is is awesome and you want to wear it or do it or whatever. That's great. And in fact, it's a great way of finding new ideas. I love it. 
But the problem becomes when we scroll and scroll and we go further and further and further down that rabbit hole and we come out of it an hour later, having missed out on the opportunity to focus on anything that would have benefited our own lives. That's the thing I have the problem with. So pay attention to how you feel after consuming even two minutes of social media. And something that I do with my social media is, first of all, you know, if you follow me or have for long enough, you know, I'm off Instagram. And if you didn't know that, I've had people ask me that like, oh, did you get rid of your Instagram? Yes, I got rid of the Instagram. The problem is I, don't have, I actually don't have a problem with Instagram. I think it's a fun social media platform. I think there's a ton of useful information. I think there's a lot of garbage. However, I'm a visual person. I love photography. So I love the photos that people post and whatever other information they post. The problem is I got sucked into the Instagram black hole almost daily. And I was just like consuming so much information that my brain became massively overwhelmed. And it was taking away from other parts of my life that were more important Yet I was devoting it to Instagram scrolling and falling down black holes. So if that is not you, man, congratulations. But I have a problem. So I stay away. Like, I just was an Instagram junkie. So instead of just abstaining from posting, I didn't trust myself. I deactivated all the accounts. I have like three accounts. Deactivated all of them. I find value for my business in using Instagram, connecting with other people, sharing images that I love. There's a lot of value in Instagram, so I'm not dogging it. It just was something that became a problem for me. Now, Facebook is a different social media platform where, yes, people are sharing images, but they're also shouting at you and ranting and sharing their political and religious, you know, this ideology and... They are attacking, they're making fun of things, they're sharing memes, which is fun sometimes, depends on the meme. There's no good quality conversations coming out of any of these things because it cannot be done on social media. There is too much of a gray area with tone, punctuation, grammar, people not really even having the time to devote to a lengthy good quality conversation. So it's a bunch of people shouting on a platform uh, in an echo chamber. And I value this platform for a lot of things. But when something is just chronically stupid, <laughs> like there's just a bunch of, you know, the same people just yelling and yelling and and I want to do a separate podcast on this subject. And the subject is influence. Influence and persuasion. I don't find very many people in the world, whether they're celebrities or doesn't matter. I don't find very many people influential. I think influencing people is an art. And even those who we would call influencers, like, like uh, social media influencers, the people who get paid thousands if not millions for promoting a specific product or several products because they're so awesome and they have so many followers. I'm not making fun of that by the way. I didn't mean to use that high-pitched tone, but I, I don't know. Like not that many people are going to be able to convince me to do much of anything. I think that and I think that's a problem. 
there aren't enough influential people who are worthy of admiration and this loyal, uh, you know, just this loyalty to following them and trusting them. It's very difficult to earn the trust of anyone. But I see a lot of people and it makes me feel kind of sorry for them. But when they're just ranting on Facebook and then their echo chamber comes and they're like, yeah, like, 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 like tons of comments in agreement. If one person disagrees with that post, they are just eaten alive, attacked. It's not in anyone's best interest to participate in an opposing viewpoint. I talked about this in my last podcast, how to respectfully engage in opposing viewpoints. Don't argue on Facebook. Get off social media altogether and call your friend or meet for coffee and have the talk. Don't argue on Facebook. And um, I don't know. I just think this 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 whole social media situation we're in in 2021 is scary and kind of useless. I see the benefits, but I think it's misused. Anyway, what I wanted to say was, if somebody isn't benefiting your life, unfollow them. Better yet, for both of your sake, unfriend them. If you feel the need to send them a message and say, Hey, John, your posts are extremely offensive to me. I think you're an asshole and nothing you share is useful. Goodbye. I'm unfriending you now. Feel free. Feel free to send that letter or that note. Um, for me, I just feel like I, if I don't, if you're not contributing to anything helpful, you're not influential, you're not really sharing anything admirable, I'm going to unfollow you or I'm going to unfriend you. I don't, I don't mean to sound like such an asshole, but I try to keep it real with people. And I think, and I would want the same in return. If nothing I share on my social media, because I share a lot on Facebook, if it's not useful, please unfollow. But it would be even better if you were to just unfriend me and I'll get the message. I won't be offended. I think it's really important to not stockpile a bunch of fake friendships for the sake of, oh, I don't want to hurt your feelings or I don't want to, I don't want to confront them. I don't want to be, I don't want them to feel bad. I promise you will not make me feel bad. You are not responsible for my emotional reaction to your decisions. And I'm not responsible for yours. But the takeaway here is social media causes people a lot of depression, anxiety, and unhappiness. It's a numbing activity. It's how we check out. And that's okay. Sometimes it does feel good to check out and just relax and scroll and read. Totally fine. But be mindful of the time you spend on it. Because if you're having a shitty day, you can make it worse by spending any length of time, even just a few minutes, reading some aggressively, um, asinine post on Facebook shared by one of your friends, family, co-workers with an opposing viewpoint. And it's going to hype you up, upset you even more. And it doesn't benefit your life. It's going to just take away from everything that, you know, more, more productive activities you could be doing. And look, there's a lot of stuff you could be doing. A lot of, you could read a book. You could go have sex with somebody you love. 
Uh, you could go drink some water. You could go meditate. You could go journal. You could pick up the phone and call a friend. Better yet, meet up with a friend for a walk outside. You could pet your dog. Now, if you don't think any of those things are as beneficial as scrolling aimlessly through Facebook and then yelling or at somebody or just getting mad at them and then putting the phone down and being pissed off for the next hour, I mean, to each their own. But these are, these are the things that I have found are helpful. They completely change my, my mental state and for the better. I feel better when I exercise. I feel better when I stay off social media. I'm jamming out to some nirvana. <laughs> Um, I think it's important for you to compile a list of things that you know for sure this is like the top five things that will pull me out of my funk. Look out for your future self. Have some ideas ready to go so when you do wake up on the wrong side of the bed or somebody triggers you, you have options. You have to develop enough self-discipline and willpower to pull yourself away from the the junk and go and do the things you know you need to do. So if you got one thing from this podcast or any of the other podcast episodes I've shared, please go to iTunes and leave me a review. It really helps me out. I'd really appreciate it. I hope you guys are doing well and I will talk to you in the next one.